the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Time for our wide receivers. Let's backtrack to Devontae Adams. Now, Adams is amazing. However, he is being ranked consistently in the back end of wide receiver ones now for different reasons. One being Jimmy G's health, never being able to really stay healthy or trust that it's going to necessarily happen. And his backup being Brian Hoyer. I understand that part. Devontae Adams not being super thrilled about the offense and the situation on the Raiders has been publicly saying as much. I understand that part. And that's the only thing I think that actually concerns me. I don't care about the quarterbacks. We've seen Devontae Adams without Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers hurt with guys like Brett Hundley still get his. I'm not worried about that. But I am a little bit concerned. You have Adams, who's a guy that will have some calf issues from one from time to time. If he's not motivated and doesn't really love playing for Josh McDaniels or or this Raiders team anymore now that Derek Carr has moved on does he play through those sort of things that he would have played through before I, that, that's where my mind kind of starts to go I have Devontae Adams as of now at 10 I'm probably moving him up uh to at least nine because I'm gonna be knocking Garrett Wilson down a little bit as we as we get closer with this injury with how much time he might miss I might just move him down a little lower on my wide receiver one list move up Adams I'm on Ross and Brown CD Lamb AJ Brown but uh Bob where, where you have at with Adams and does any of those things concern you? Uh, yes, all those things concern me, but also I have him ranked seven. I'm going cup. I have cup number one, by the way. So, uh, you know, I, I like, I'm a big believer in consistent production over time. Uh, in, in that consistent weekly production has been there. Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill, Jamar chase, CD lamb, AJ Brown. Then I'm going Devontae Adams at seven. Adams may well move up a little bit more. I, you know, I find myself making that, turn into the second round if i'm drafting late in the first round and adams there i have a hard time passing up on him depending on how things are going um <clears throat> i think we may be overstating the quarterback case i mentioned it earlier uh you know there's a number of players this year that i feel are super good values because people are concerned about the quarterback situation i see terry mclaurin going probably later than he should based on his abilities and production over the course of time there's a fellow named mike evans who has been very good over the course of time uh <laughs> who people are worried about the quarterback look Having a, not a great quarterback or not an ideal quarterback situation is different than not having a quarterback, people. So uh, keep that in mind. Somebody's going to be throwing them the football. Um, but in Devontae Adams' case, you know, if it went to the Brian Hoyer or, heaven forbid, Aiden O'Connell situation, uh, <laughs> who knows? I mean, uh, I mean, would, would it be a huge concern? Yes. Would Devontae Adams still not be the leading weapon on that offense in the receiving core? He's absolutely going to remain that. So I'm, I'm fairly comfortable keeping him inside my top 10 just based on his own history. You hit him the nail on the head when you said take Devontae Adams, taking Devontae Adams on that flip on that first, second round flip. That's that's what I've been doing. Because when I see Adams' name there in the second round, and it's consistently there, I don't see a way I can pass up on him there. I mean, all all he does, all he does, is get a thirty percent team target share, no matter who the quarterback is. It's what he does. Like you said, hashtag Devontae Adams. Really, really good. Danielle, so we can't, you know, we're not going to discuss how good is Devontae Adams, but when you compare him to CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, uh, Garrett Wilson, those guys, where do you have him in that range, Tyreek Hill? I have him below Tyreek Hill, but uh, above the Wilson and the A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, just because ultimately he is Devontae Adams at the end of the day. I mean, let's be real. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league right now, and you can't really – dispute that despite even the quarterback situation and everything he ultimately is still a very talented player on his own so 
obviously I don't think he's better than Tyreek Hill at the moment. I think I'd definitely draft Tyreek Hill over him, but definitely better than Garrett Wilson and AJ Brown. All right. I like that. And and Bob, you're the second person I've had who's has Cooper Cup number one. I love I have Cooper Cup number three, but I was making the case that he should at least still be in the conversation to be number one overall. I, I think love that's it. exactly true. And anyone who had Justin Jefferson last year is going, Yeah, Justin Jefferson was great, but there was there might have been a week or two when he didn't show up, right? I mean, and I think that's the difference when you're, you know, we're splitting hairs at the top, right? So yeah, that's totally it. It's, it I'm going for the consistency. If you're going for that high side, uh Go get on with your bad self. Justin Jefferson will be just fine for you. No, I add Jamar Chase number one because I'm just going right. to shoot for the guy who's just going to be breaking out the stars. But those three, it's 1A, 1B, 1C. Yep. I got yeah, pretty much when it breaks down to it. Totally agree. Uh, let's move to the Chargers. Let's talk about these guys. So, injury aside, we know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are just going to, they're slated to miss a couple of games at minimum, pretty much. But when you look at Keenan Allen, I'm not going to be out on him just because he missed half the season last year with a hamstring injury and just because he's entering or is in his 31-year season. I'm not moving off of that. All the guy does is get double-digit targets whenever him and Justin Herbert are on the field at the same time. And right now, his ADP wide receiver 16 going in the fourth round. I mean, you're playing full-point PPR. My God, Bob, like that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, so for starters, I'm injury agnostic of people, you know, and I get it. It's sometimes it costs me, um, but players who are healthy entering the season are fair game for me. And if I'm getting a discount because people are fearful of injuries, then so be it. I'll take a Keenan Allen when he returned from his hamstring last year down the stretch finals. I want to say week 13 on, he was wide receiver six in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> you know, sleep on him at your own, to your own detriment. Yeah, eighty nine targets in like eight games played. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll I think we'll be okay. And then when I look at Mike Williams, though, I kind of have a flip side on Mike Williams. I don't get excited by Mike Williams as much as a lot of other people do, because when I look at him, he's so inconsistent that he's just a wide receiver three, no matter what. He had a magical run for like five games. And all of a sudden, that seems to be what he is when you talk to a lot of different people about Mike Williams. I don't know where you're at, but this is a guy who his target share hangs around 17, 18, 19%. That is a wide receiver three, no matter what you think about his ability. Bob, are you higher than, than that than I am? Not really. I feel kind of the same. I mean, I think we're all, you know, we do that. We draft, we're, we're drafting these, you know, amazing stretches for players. I mean, you know, there's still people out there trying to draft the 2013 Josh Gordon if they had an opportunity, right? So you're all trying to regain magical periods of time for various players. I, you know, I think, I think Williams is fine at the right price. And I think that, you know, to me, that's more what I'm looking for, especially if I'm going receiver heavy early, if I get him as my, like my third receiver, I can live with that. What do you see with this with this split, Danielle? And throw Quentin Johnston in there, too. What do you think you're going to get out of Quentin Johnston this year? You know, that's very hard to say, especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both in the mix there. It will be very interesting to see how they split it up. Obviously, I feel like Keenan Allen is their go-to guy, but it will be really interesting to see how Williams comes into the picture, the picture here. I genuinely don't think it's going to be anything too special especially from the fantasy wise but i think it could be something worth looking at for next season and seeing how he progresses um but for mike williams i feel like we talked about him a lot last season and every week it was just like all right well this is what you can expect from him and then he went on his little run there and we we're like oh well maybe maybe there's something but don't don't act too fast on it because we ultimately know it's not going to last. And I think as long as you know what you're going to have in him when you draft him, then that is fine. Just don't have these 
over mm. expectations for him and think that he's going to just be a god all season because that's just not going to happen. I want to say that 2021 season when he had the big big spell, he finished inside the top 10. Other than that, his best finish has been 20 in fantasy and, and usually lower than that. So keep in mind. Yeah, 100%. I got Keenan Allen at 14 right now. I got Mike Williams at 30. I do have Quentin Johnson, though, 48. I want to be, I want to take some Quentin Johnson. We get in those double-digit rounds to back that up. Let's talk about the Bronco receivers, though. Who's actually going to be the wide receiver one? Because I have a theory. It's Cortland Sutton, not Jerry Judy. And as goes, this goes back to Sean Payton. The ex-receiver in Sean Payton's offense is usually the featured guy, a la Marquise Colston, Mike Thomas. That's usually the guy, not the guy running all the intermediate slot routes. That's not usually the guy who gets featured, or at least not on the same level in a Sean Payton type of offense. And when we add in Russell Wilson, he likes to throw the jump ball to that ex-receiver who can go up and get it. And that, to me, is Cortland Sutton. Now, I am not saying I'm bullish. I want to go out and get Cortland Sutton right now, although his ADP is a decent value sitting back at a wide receiver 36, I believe, at the moment on FFPC at the very least. But Jerry Judy's, as a result, is too high for me. And I think it's going to be Sutton number one. Bob, what do you think? Um, I don't know if Sutton will be number one, but the price difference is enough for me to prefer Sutton. Obviously, Honestly, the price difference is enough for me to be drafting Tim Patrick probably more than both of those other ones. That's fair so, too. But, but, you know, and this is often the case for me when there are, you know, when, when I'm looking at the positional values of players, I'm generally not getting the most expensive one when there's a, a level of uncertainty. And I think there is in Denver for exactly the reasons you stated. Yeah. I mean, even, even last year, Sutton 21.6% team target share, Jerry Judy, 19.6. So even last year, Russell Wilson was already showing a little bit of favoritism slightly to Cortland Sutton. Yes. Jerry Judy was the more productive fantasy receiver, but that could change under a Sean Payton thing. Danielle, what, what do you want out of these two? Are you targeting either one of them? Not necessarily, but I definitely would look at Sutton coming into the season. And if he's available, then I will draft him because he is a good player. And I don't want to draft, like move past him for some reason, just because I feel a little bit uncertain. I do think that he, he could be a very solid wide receiver this season. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with the wide receiver one there in Denver. But I must say, I have never been too high on Jerry Judy. I feel like everybody's always hyped him up and I've always understood his talent and I've known what he is but for me I was like oh, okay I've never really like looked at actually drafting mm -hmm. him so I don't think that's going to change this season very much and I think I'll just let everybody else hype up Jerry Judy and maybe stick with Sutton the guy that's has right. that same blind spot <laughs> yeah it's that's it's very fair breaking news using this drop a little facetiously uh Kadarius Tony's hurt News alert. <laughs> Shocker. I know. Day one of training camp and already needs a knee cleanup, which as of now, expected to be back for week one. I don't know how much that matters. And this is why I have been on Sky Moore. Con constantly, consistently, any way you want to put it, Sky Moore has been my guy. And you want to talk about a steal. The guy's going in the 10th round right now. The guy who I think has the best chance to be the number one receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's going to probably play this the Juju Smith-Schuster role in the slot, most likely. Look, I love Rasheed Rice, and I was very, very bullish on him come rookie mock drafts, and, and, and when we talked about what his skill set's going to be and his versatile of it. But my problem is that Andy Reid does not allow rookie wide receivers to go off. Tyreek Hill didn't even have 600 yards in his rookie year, and he's a transcendent talent. So I'm on the Sky Moore train. Bob, how do you see this thing shaking out? 
Uh, the Chiefs told us, you know, how we should approach this when they opted to let Tyreek Hill move on, right? I mean, they, they, they ship him off uh, for a reason because they aren't investing in wide receivers. They're invested in their quarterback and their tight end at the moment. That may shift over the course of time, but but I don't think it's shifting materially this year. Um, so, <clears throat> so who is the wide receiver one in Kansas City? It is the open wide receiver. That is going to change every damn snap. You're taking your chances, and I'm fine taking them. Sky Moore, fine price. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, later, a cheaper price. Uh, Kadarius Tony is your wide receiver four. Totally fine with that. Pick your poison. Take your chances. You're going to get inconsistent production. I think if I was trying to predict for consistent production, maybe it would be more. If I think I was aiming for, you know, a more of a swing for the fence play, we've all seen that in Kadarius Tony. But you're taking your chances, obviously, with his injury history. Again, injury agnostic. You know, I so I'm not Even with Tony. <laughs> I'm not keen on you know chronically injured players, especially when it's been a chronic situation. The hamstring has been continuously an issue for him. This time it's a knee, but <clears throat> but I'm willing to I'm willing to make that gamble for the upside as as my wide receiver four. Um, but beyond that, you know, you're taking your chances with any of these players. So if you like one, feel free. Danielle, you got you got one horse in this race? Not necessarily. I'd say it depends on who's available at that time. And if any of the wide receivers are, are available in Kansas City, I will kind of judge at that point. I think you can't necessarily go wrong with either Tony or more for that fourth wide receiver spot or third wide receiver spot. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be inconsistent. You just have to know that going forward and you can just hope for the best that you're playing the right one that week.